the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts with today's leading scientific and esoteric experts, supporting the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring genetic engineering, evolution, or deterioration. There's much hype, hysteria, and debate regarding GMOs, or genetically modified organisms. The GMOs most debated are those that alter the genetics of our food. Commercial sale of modern genetically modified foods began in 1994, and since that time, GMO produce has become a large part of our food supply. What few of us recognize is that humans have been genetically modifying organisms for over 30,000 years in the form of selective breeding or artificial selection. The earliest evidence of artificial selection of plants dates to 7800 B.C., Scientists have found domestic varieties of wheat in archaeological sites in Southwest Asia. One of the most dramatic alterations in plant genetics occurred through artificial selection of corn. Corn, or maize, began as a wild grass that had tiny ears with very few kernels. Over hundreds of years, it was selectively bred to have bigger ears with more kernels, resulting in the corn we have today. Well, until modern GMO procedures altered it further. There's no doubt we have more people on the plant than what we can feed. GMO food is supposed to provide a much greater yield than conventional plants, but at what cost? Have we pushed, pushed nature too far? What are the ramifications of our meddling? With us this hour to debate the value and disadvantages of genetically modified food is Jeffrey Smith. Jeffrey is the author of Seeds of Deception, 
the world's bestseller on GMOs, and Genetic Roulette, the documented health risks of genetically engineered foods. He's the leading consumer advocate promoting healthier non-GMO choices. Jeffrey is the founding executive director of the Institute for Responsible Technology, IRT, and was named the 2017 Person of the Year by Masters of Health magazine. Mr. Smith also has two documentary films, award-winning Genetic Roulette and The Gamble of Our Lives, and his latest with Amy Hart, Secret Ingredients. His website, responsibletechnology.org. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so what's your educational background? Well, my education, I mean, I have a master's in business, but my education on GMOs is over the last 23 years, traveling in 45 countries and interviewing dozens of scientists and doctors about the dangers of GMOs and working with them to compile those dangers and translate the science into English. So um, I've been a specialist. I have a lot of information on GMOs and the associated chemicals like Roundup, which is sprayed on most GMOs, and uh, have been reading information about it every day for 23 years. What um, first sparked your interest in GMOs? Well, I went to a lecture in 1996 by a genetic engineer who blew the whistle on the technology. It was about to be planted throughout the Midwest, genetically modified soy and corn, primarily from Monsanto. And the genetic engineer was explaining that the technology was not ready for prime time, was not ready to be used in our food supply because the single most common result of genetic engineering was surprise side effects. Moreover, when you release a GMO in the environment, it crossbreeds and becomes a permanent feature of the gene pool, irreversible with today's technology. And so there were companies like Monsanto willing to gamble with not only our food, but also with our environment for all future generations with a technology designed for them to sell their Roundup herbicide because the Roundup patent, or glyphosate, which is the chief poison in Roundup, was going off patent in 2000, and they wanted to maintain their dominance of selling this popular weed killer. And so they developed Roundup-ready seeds engineered to be sprayed with Roundup so that when farmers purchased the seeds, they signed a contract that they would only buy Monsanto's version of the glyphosate-based herbicides. So in order to sell more of the toxic pesticide, Monsanto risked our food and our environment, and that risk has gotten worse. So we now have a lot of evidence that the concerns by that scientist expressed in the 90s have come to pass. Mm. So what's the difference between the GMOs uh, from selective breeding or artificial selection and the ones we're discussing here? Well, those of us involved with um, educating the public about the dangers of genetic engineering don't really consider traditional breeding on the same level at all. In fact, it was the biotech industry that tried to confuse the issue by calling it the same term. Of course, there's been manipulation of GMO, of genes through selective breeding, but it wasn't involving laboratory techniques. For example, when you wanted to turn a corn plant into a pesticide, you would take a gene from soil bacteria called Bacillus thuringiensis, BT for short, and make millions of copies of the gene, put it into a gene gun, shoot that gene into a plate of millions of corn cells, clone those cells into plants so that every cell of the plant has a little gene-sized spray bottle which kills insects by poking holes in their guts. Now that is created only in a laboratory. It's not something that can happen naturally, and it creates massive collateral damage in the DNA, including the possibility of increased allergens, toxins, new diseases and nutritional problems. These were the concerns of the FDA scientists who were asked to weigh in on policy about how the U.S. government would regulate these high-risk foods, and they said that the GMOs created unique risks different than traditional breeding. But the person in charge of policy at the FDA was the former attorney of Monsanto, later Monsanto's vice president, who in fact hid the evidence that the scientists' overwhelming consensus at the, at the agency was a concern, and said instead that the agency was not aware of any information showing that GMOs were different 
in any significant way. Therefore, not a single safety study was required by the FDA, and companies like Monsanto could put their unlabeled GMOs on the market without even telling the FDA. And unfortunately, that hands-off policy exists till today, and we now know that in every turn, the scientists and the science was, in fact, ignored or covered up, and that more information came out in the recent Monsanto trials where they had collusion with the EPA as well. So if if the um, genetically modified corn pokes holes in the, in the gut of insects, what does it do to our stomachs? Well, the biotech industry claimed that it had no impact on mammals because the BT toxin was only supposed to work in the alkaline gut of insects. In order to come to that conclusion, the industry and the governments allowing it to go on the market had to ignore peer-reviewed studies, which showed that it, in fact, caused damage to the intestines of mice and also caused local and systemic allergic or immune system reactions as well, and that farm workers reacted to the BT toxin when it was sprayed in its normal form as the bacterium. Now, it turns out that in a laboratory with high doses of BT toxin derived from Monsanto's corn, it poked the same holes in the walls of the intestine of the of the cells that were found in the intestines as it did to kill insects. They also found that in the bloodstream of 93% of the pregnant women tested in Canada, there was the BT toxin, and in 80% of their unborn fetuses. How did the BT toxin get into the blood? Perhaps going through holes that it poked in the gut walls. Now, what's interesting is that if it gets into the blood, other studies have shown that it is toxic to red blood cells, and because it pokes holes in human cells, we have to be concerned about the offspring where there's no blood-brain barrier, because now we have a whole poking toxin, not only in the blood, but possibly the brain of the offspring of this generation. So it and crosses it gets, the placental wall, is that what you're saying? Yes, it does. It goes into the bloodstream of the fetus, according to the researchers. And so that's just one of the problems of genetic engineering was the specific insecticide that's created in corn, and studies on mice show that it can increase allergic or sensitive reactions not only to BT toxin, but also to other formerly harmless foods or compounds. So it might mm. sensitize us and give us more allergic reactions in addition to possibly creating leaky gut, which is linked to many different diseases, including cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, autism, inflammation in general, and autoimmune disease. So like MS, autoimmune disease, and well, cancer is infl inflammatory, right? Yes. In fact, so many of these diseases are rising in parallel with the increased use of GMOs, more than 30 diseases. Now, if we just looked at the epidemiological evidence, that's kind of weak on its own because correlation does not mean causation. However, the story about how GMOs are linked to these more, to these more than 30 diseases is rather compelling, and we believe that it is the primary driver of ill health in the United States and around the world. And we've got the evidence that convinces many, many people, including doctors who are now prescribing non-GMO and organic diets by the thousands and reporting improvements in their patients that occur very, very quickly. And we've documented this. In fact, Amy Hart and I created a film called Secret Ingredients that looks at more than a dozen individuals and families that switched to an organic diet and reversed all sorts of diseases, including well, the We're, we're going to have to talk about that and uh, disease reversal on the other side of a commercial break. <laughs> Jeffrey and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center 
designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Our guest this hour is Jeffrey Smith. His website, responsibletechnology.org. Jeffrey, we were we were talking about how um, going to organic, um, and you've done a film that shows that it has great results of turning around a lot of these diseases that we're seeing coming on in droves. <laughs> um, but what's the difference between organic and non-GMO? Are they one and the same, or are all organic foods not necessarily non-GMO? Excellent question. So genetic engineering is one of the technologies that's not allowed to be used in organic. Organic, it doesn't just stop there. It doesn't allow radiation. It doesn't allow the use of sewage sludge. It doesn't allow uh, toxic synthetic pesticides like Roundup. So if you're trying to simply avoid GMOs, you can do either organic or non-GMO. But we have found that one of the great drivers of those diseases is not just the genetic engineering process, which causes all sorts of side effects, but also the Roundup herbicide, which is sprayed on most GMOs. More than 80% of the GMOs in the United States and around the world are created by Monsanto specifically to withstand sprays of Roundup herbicide, which includes the chief poison glyphosate, which was determined by the World Health Organization's top committee as a probable human carcinogen, meaning it causes cancer. And so if you want to avoid the Roundup as well, unfortunately Roundup is not just sprayed on GMOs, it's sprayed to dry down grains and beans just before harvest. It essentially kills the plants but makes it easier to harvest and forces maturation of the grain and kills the weeds at the same time. So it's actually in higher levels in things like oats and navy beans and hummus and wheat because it's sprayed three to five days before they collect it for food. And so we used to say eat non-GMO and if you can get organic because then you get all the other benefits of organic. Now realizing that Roundup is sprayed throughout the food supply and is so dangerous, we say it's important to eat organic and only if you can't, then at least get non-GMO. Well, I understand that, that Roundup gets into the water supply, and even people that are trying to grow organic, it's inundating them. I know we have some uh, organic wines. There was, I can't remember how many wines tested in the United States. Even the organic ones came up with Roundup in them. Um, so it's like sneaking in, isn't it? Absolutely. In fact, um, we have a 90-day lifestyle upgrade program at secretingredientsmovie.com for people that want to change their diet, and I interviewed some winemakers who tested many, many different organic wines and found that they contained just trace amounts, or even small amounts, of glyphosate. But they found the one vineyard that they tested that had zero detectable levels, and that's what they chose to represent. And it's in the, it's in the rain itself. And so there's a problem because those that are trying to grow pure, healthy products 
end up getting it not only in the water supply, but in the rain and in the air. It was found in 75% of the rain and air samples in in Mississippi and 60 to 100% by the U.S. Geological Survey and other places around the Midwest. Well, what about the cross-pollination of the GMO plants themselves? That is a terrible problem. And in fact, Gwilda, that is one of the worst problems. I, I focus a lot on the health dangers. I studied it. My books are largely about it, and it's been helping to drive people away from GMOs because it has such a significant impact. In fact, now we see even fourth-generation exposure to Roundup can be worse than first-generation on a recent study. But what you just described is even worse, and that is that once you release the GMOs into the environment, you're creating an irreversible self-propagating pollution of the gene pool. Now, if you know that anything about Monsanto's history, you realize that it's been trying to literally genetically engineer 100% of all commercial seeds in the world for decades. In fact, that was what their consultant admitted in a 1999 conference in San Francisco. However, the goal to genetically engineer 100% of the commercial seeds has now expanded to almost anything with DNA because gene editing, which is a new and dangerous form of genetic engineering because of all the side effects, it's so cheap, it's basically the cost of going out to dinner for many of these labs. And it turns out that they want to genetically engineer as many things with DNA as possible, commercialize it, and take the benefits while they still have the patents. And so it's like a gold rush into the gene pool, like a gene rush. And we're looking at the possibility of a replacement of nature that's irreversible in this generation. And so we have some very important decisions to be made. But the decisions now are kind of non-centralized. They're being made by academic labs and companies, etc., individually trying to get this particular bacteria or algae or animal or tree or flower genetically engineered and introduced for commercial purposes and yet, when you look at it as a whole, we end up with the advent of not passing on to future generations the products of the billions of years of evolution, but passing on a genetically engineered nature designed for greater profit and control. So we're in a well, very serious situation. If we look at epigenetics, epigenetics, aren't we also running the risk of altering our personal genes? Oh, absolutely. In fact, there's many ways we can alter our personal genes. We know that when you feed genetically engineered crops to rats, for example, it changes the gene expression. Uh, there could be hundreds of genes changed, and they're not in a changing in a good way. When, you, when Michael Skinner, Dr. Michael Skinner and his team injected Roundup into pregnant rats, uh, the rats themselves were okay, the offspring was okay, but the grandkids were not, and the great-grandkids suffered worse. Ninety percent of them had serious diseases, birth defects, deaths during births. They had prostate problems and kidney problems, and they were obese, etc. So we're setting up the possibility that our grandkids and our great-grandkids may be worse off due to our exposure to GMOs and the associated toxins like Roundup. In addition, there's a technology called RNA interference, where they use something called double-stranded RNA, which can silence genes. And the genetically engineered potato and apple that are on the market are engineered with double-stranded RNA to silence the gene that causes the browning of the apple and the potato. Now, I interviewed a former USDA scientist who was essentially pushed out of the USDA after he published an article saying that we have no technology to assess the risks of this because it is theoretically possible that any organism, including humans, that eat the apple or eat something that has this double-stranded RNA, that we, in fact, could pre-program our DNA expression. And this is very serious because no one is looking at the safety of the apple and potato, and they've just increase the risk because Monsanto got approved a RNAi spray. So they want to spray RNA into the field so that the genetic engineering occurs in the field where the RNA goes into the leaves and reprograms gene expression and ends up perhaps killing insects, etc. 
And if it gets on our bodies or if it becomes consumed by us, there's nothing stopping at this point that RNAi or that double-stranded RNA from reprogramming our gene expression. And there's some very, very uh, expert scientists who've come forth raising the red flag of concern, including scientists at the EPA and USDA and independent scientists around the world. But that hasn't stopped the United States government from approving these sprays and these crops. And the spray, if it gets on human skin, it absorbs right into your system, right? Absolutely. In fact, it was discovered during the trial recently when documents were made public that Monsanto, as they typically do, tried to rig their research and hide the fact that Roundup gets absorbed, for example, through the skin. When you do skin absorption tests, you use cadaver skin, dead bodies, and it was getting in at 10%, which is 3.3 times higher than the allowable level by the EPA and would have stopped the commercialization of Roundup. So what did they do? They cut away some skin from a cadaver. They put it in an oven and baked it for a while. Then they froze it, made it like leather. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't absorbing. So under those completely rigged conditions, they applied their Roundup to leather-like human skin that had been doctored and only reported the results there and never reported the 10% absorption rate under normal conditions. Why, there's fact, something gruesome applied, about that. Absolutely horrible. In fact, they applied Roundup to the skin of, I don't know if it was mice or rats, and 40% of them got tumors compared to zero in the controls. And so, yeah, when you put stuff on the skin that's dangerous like that, it's very serious. So they spray Roundup on grass to keep grass pretty in municipal cities and this and that. You walk across it, then you walk into your house. Your baby crawls across the floor. Does it absorb through their little hands? Absolutely. In fact, your dog will be walking along it. You pet your dog. And it's also in the pet food. We think that the dog increase in cancer so that now every one out of 1.6 dogs are getting cancer they have 40 times the amount of glyphosate in their urine compared to human urine and we think that's the big driver of why the cancer rate went up dramatically in the last 15 years for dogs and for cats and we think it's both the pet food exposure and we have a website petsandgmos.com where people can see the kind of glyphosate levels in the pet foods to see what they want to avoid. And we also think that it's walking along the parks and golf courses where glyphosate-based herbicides like Roundup have been used. And we end up having Roundup in our bodies and we have high levels in our urine. In fact, we know that the people that have higher levels of glyphosate in the urine are sicker. We're going to have to pick up on the urine levels of glyphosate on the other side of a short pause. Jeffrey and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. 
Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Men.com. You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. Plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. We're speaking with Jeffrey Smith. His website, responsibletechnology.org. Jeffrey, I've heard on numerous occasions that Americans were fed experimentally, genetically modified food for 10 years before it was disclosed. Is, is that truth? Well, it's not that they hid it from Americans. They just never shared the experience widely. When I first got involved in GMO uh, advocacy in 1996, people hardly knew what it was. It was not required to be labeled in the United States. And so, yes, it was done in a stealth manner, but it's not like they denied that it was happening. They just didn't report on it. And it was interesting. I was reading the, the reports in Europe on a daily basis about GMOs, and there was almost nothing in the United States in fact, there was, one, there was one episode that happened in Europe that was described by Project Censored as one of the 10 most underreported events of the year, and it was huge headlines in Europe. A doctor, Arpad Pustai, was given $3 million to test for the safety of GMOs and to create the protocols that would be used by Europe to assess GMO safety. And he was a pro-GMO scientist and didn't expect to find any problems, but what he found shocked him. Just in 10 days, the supposedly safe genetically engineered potatoes that he was using created massive damage to the rats. They created potentially precancerous cell growth in the digestive tract, smaller brains, livers, and testicles, partial atrophy of the liver, and damaged immune system. Now, he realized that what caused the problem was the generic process of genetic engineering, the same process that was used to create the genetically engineered soy and corn and other products that are on the market. And he went public with his concerns, was a hero for about two days at his prestigious institute, and then calls from the UK Prime Minister's office resulted in his being fired the next day, silenced with threats of a lawsuit, and there was a campaign to destroy his reputation in order to protect the reputation of genetic engineering and biotechnology. Seven months and one heart attack later, he was given permission to speak before Parliament, and, and that got his gag order lifted. And it turns out his study did, in fact, say what he it did. It did do what he said. It basically indicted genetic engineering as inherently unsafe and exposed that the so-called safety studies done by the industry and approved by the government were just a facade and that if anyone actually looked deeper into the GMOs, they could find all sorts of problems, and that has been the case now. We see early death, 
organ damage, we see obesity, tumors, uh, we see all sorts of things now when independent researchers look for the results of genetic engineering in Roundup, and it's largely hidden and covered up by the biotech industry and ignored by the government. So what percentage of our of our food, you know, and everything, it seems like this has really become invasive. What percentage is being distorted by this? Well, you've got two different categories. You have the GMOs and you have the Roundup. Roundup is a much bigger footprint because, as I say, it's sprayed on the wheat and the oats and basically all the grains, and it's sprayed on the beans. It's also sprayed on potato fields and sweet potato fields and citrus orchards. It's sprayed in vineyards. It's sprayed all over. And so it pervades the food supply, but not completely. We have on our site at responsibletechnology.org a compilation of the different research reports done independently because the government refuses to test for the residue levels like they do for all of the other weed killers. Why do they, However, why do they refuse? Well, they have been marching lockstep with Monsanto for decades. And you can you can get a quote from the New York Times with someone formerly from the FDA saying that the regulatory agencies have done everything that big ag has asked them to do and told them to do. And that's the case. Now, in the case of Roundup, the the excuse was, oh, it's so safe. We never have to test the residues. Well, it turns out it damages the fundamental foundations of our health. It's an antibiotic, so it messes up the gut bacteria. It creates breaks between the cells of the gut, so it can create leaky gut. It makes minerals non-absorbable, so it can lead to all sorts of diseases and break down certain metabolic pathways, including those that produce serotonin, melatonin, and dopamine. It's a mitochondrial toxin. It's a probable human carcinogen. It's linked to birth defects. It damages our gut walls, it suppresses digestive enzymes, it causes hormonal disruptions, and if you were able to recapture each of those things that I just said, and you have a, a medical background, you realize, oh my God, these are the foundations of health. No wonder more than 30 diseases from autism and diabetes to heart diseases and cancers are rising in parallel with the increased use of Roundup sprayed on the GMO acreage. So, so are there... Are there scientific uh, studies proving that there's a link between uh, Roundup and these illnesses? Yes. In fact, the one that is the strongest proof is with something called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. They fed Roundup in the drinking water of rats at tiny levels. In fact, the EPA allows on a per body weight per day consumption basis, allows humans to drink 437,500 times the amount of glyphosate in the water that the rats were drinking on a daily basis per body weight. And the rats developed non-alcoholic fatty liver disease as a direct result. Now, it turns out that 30 to 40 percent of Americans have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and there's a worse, there's a more dangerous uh, version of it. Uh, it's pronounced NASH, N-A-S-H, and it turns out that the people who have the higher levels of glyphosate in their urine who have the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease have the more severe version which is closer to cirrhosis, it's closer to the cancer, it's closer to the really serious impacts of the liver that this disease can lead to. Now, we've also seen a number of other studies that show links to cancer. For example, the International Agency for Research on Cancer concluded that glyphosate does cause cancer in animals, but there wasn't enough studies on humans to say it definitely causes cancer, so they said it probably causes cancer on humans, it definitely causes cancer in animals. And you can break down and see similar evidence to birth defects, etc. But when you take it all together, what I've found is some of the best evidence comes not from the scientists, but from the doctors. I had the honor of bringing the evidence to the medical profession starting in 2006, and I was going back and back to these conferences giving new information about the documented health risks, and the doctors started to prescribe non-GMO or organic diets, and they started telling me what was happening. Because if you add up all the number of mice and rats that have been experimented on in the laboratories, it might not even reach one doctor's 
total patient load, where one doctor said she put 5,000 people on a non-GMO and organic diet. One another to- told me it was about 9,000, and they both saw dramatic, swift changes. And I started asking audiences at 150 different lectures, please tell me what did you notice when you switched to non-GMO organic? They'd raise their hand, they'd say it, I'd ask how many others noticed this, and then I put out a survey because it was consistent in 150 lectures, including the more than two dozen medical conferences where the audience was speaking on behalf of thousands of their patients. So we surveyed 3,256 people who reported getting better from the same 28 different diseases. The number one in every lecture and also in the survey was digestive disorders. 85.2% of the people reported getting better from digestive disorders. And then there was fatigue and obesity and brain fog and anxiety and depression and pain and allergies, etc. Common things. And all of the things that I just represented were above 50%. And it went down to things like autism, diabetes, infertility, um, gluten sensitivity, etc. And in each one of these, we can actually show that the modes of action of GMOs or BT toxin or Roundup could plausibly create or promote those same diseases. In fact, I've put doctors through exercises, scientists through exercises saying, okay, I'm going to read you the list of diseases that we think are associated. Here you know what Roundup, for example, does to the gut bacteria or to other systems. Can you link those changes to these diseases? And they do every time. Wow. So there is a way to turn this around as individuals if we shift our diet, do you believe? Not only that, but we have evidence. In fact, of all of the work that I've done in 23 years, the single most compelling piece of evidence, the one that changes people's diets on the spot, is the movie Secret Ingredients that I did with Amy Hart. At secretingredientsmovie.com, if you watch the film, and you can also get it on iTunes and Google Play and Amazon, if people watch the film, virtually everyone even if they're already eating largely organic, virtually everyone wants to eat more organic. And we've been hearing from people since the movie was released that they make the switch and they get better. And so one of the most common things in my life, perhaps more than anyone in the world, is to hear the testimonies of people that switch to organic and so many diseases and disorders are turned around. People get more energy. They have more brightness in their lives. And so too are their pets influenced when the pets switch to organic pet food. So it's so absolutely consistent that in my world, it's basically a predictable reality. But in our 90-day lifestyle upgrade program, which we offer to people who watch the film, we actually ask people to do a symptom food diary so they can see for themselves. But some of the doctors that I spoke to say, actually, the changes can happen within two or three days. Well, that's really good news. We're we're going to have to talk further on the other side of yet another quick break. Jeffrey and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzulli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. 
All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through Trinday.com or Amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. The views, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the following program are those of the host, guests, and or callers, and not those of Relmar McConnell Media Company, our corporate divisions or entities, the Exxon Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, our staff, management, advertisers, broadcast affiliates, and affiliated broadcast networks. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To suggest a topic or guest, email us, info at missionevolution.org. Our guest this hour is Jeffrey Smith. His website, responsibletechnology.org. Jeffrey, you know, we've all heard the old adage, follow the money. How do we know that pushing genetically engineered ingredients out of the market in favor of organic ones is not just a marketing, another marketing ploy? Well, actually, I've never been asked that question. <laughs> um, to me, it's a, it's a ploy to, to actually uh, save our, our health and our environment. Um, in fact, what we did, at, uh, we've been focusing on at the Institute for Responsible Technology, our nonprofit, is to equip people with the information about the health changers so that they would avoid eating the GMOs and that created a market pressure, as you described, so that the companies would actually substitute non-GMO ingredients because they were losing market share in sales. And that's how, in fact, we have the ability, the leverage to make a change when the government is, in fact, in favor of GMOs. And we can see that there's been some collusion both at the EPA and the FDA level. Uh, well, that's how GMOs – go ahead. With the large number of the Earth's population facing poverty and starvation, how can we expect them to afford organic? Well, first of all, let's dispel one myth about GMOs as being needed to feed the world. The United Nations and World Bank um, commissioned the biggest study of how to feed the world, the IAASTD report, ISTAD report. And more than 400 scientists concluded that in order to feed the world, GMOs have nothing to offer. Uh, they don't actually increase average yield. This has been demonstrated both by independent scientists and investigations conducted by the New York Times and elsewhere. They don't increase average yield, whereas things called agroecology and beyond organic can double yields in developing countries. One study of 12 million farms showed a 79% increase in yield. And actually, the organic products do not get the government subsidies. They don't get the support that the chemical-based industry provides. And yet, according to Rodale Institute, which has been doing side-by-side -side studies of organic versus GMOs for years, there is no yield difference on that level, except in times of inclement weather, where the organic outperforms the conventional. So part of the reason why organic is more expensive is because of a lack of government support. And as I've seen on bumper stickers, eat organic food, or as our grandparents called it, food. We've been able to produce organic food before World War II when the byproducts of the bomb-making material were then converted into the nitrogen fertilizers and the, um, the nerve gas was converted into um, insecticides. Prior to that, we had organic food that fed the world, and we had the knowledge of systems to keep them biodiverse. Now, with the influx of the agro-business, we're eliminating the biodiversity and making our crops actually weaker and more dependent on the chemical inputs. 
So, so experts, yeah, go ahead. Within this, what's happened to the soil? The soil, unfortunately, is one of the greatest casualties, and it's something we cannot afford to allow to continue. Uh, when you spray the ground with these chemicals, you destroy a lot of the microbiome, which helps create the minerals and convert minerals to assimilable levels for the plants. It causes runoff, etc. And we're losing our soil at an alarming rate. Now, the whole cornerstone of organics for decades was to build up the soil because the quality of the soil creates nutrient-dense food, which creates healthy bodies, etc. And if you look at a genetically engineered Roundup-ready cornfield next to a regular cornfield after a rain, the GMO cornfields got puddles because the Roundup has killed the bacteria in the soil that creates the spongy infrastructure so the water doesn't get, abs get dis um, absorbed as much, and then it runs off taking with it the nitrogen, taking with it this, the topsoil, and we end up pushing that into, for example, the Mississippi River, and then sending it downstream where some of it evaporates, and now there's the high levels of Roundup in the air in Mississippi, et cetera. So it becomes a whole environmental catastrophe. Yeah, it's just one big muddy mess, it looks like to me. Is, is there some studies being done on how we can turn this around? Yeah, some, some friends of mine have been doing these studies on uh, soil to remediate it from Roundup, for example, because unlike the advertisements in the old days where Monsanto declared that Roundup was biodegradable, they actually got convicted by a New York court for false advertising, and they continued to advertise it as biodegradable in Europe and then got convicted in France for the same thing. The longest reported half-life, meaning the time it takes for Roundup to break down into 50%, uh, was 22 years. Now, it normally is quite a bit less, but it can take years to break down in the soil. And so they're looking at biological remediation, release of certain beneficial bacteria in the soil to chew up the glyphosate, uh, and that hasn't yet been released, but there's been efforts underway. So we could possibly <laughs> create with the same demon that created this mess, something that then uh, eats the um, Roundup and removes it from, the, from our systems? Well, I wouldn't say it creates the same thing because it's just natural, healthy bacteria. And that's used like compost, for example, has natural, healthy bacteria. And it's something that farmers have been using for generations. Um, but we're not, we're not spraying more toxic chemicals on there to break it down. We're using the uh, biological remediation. So how can we turn harmful farming practices around to provide adequate nutrition um, and during and after the transition? Because that's going to be a huge change. You know, it's a great question. And I think the first step is to take us off the GMOs and then also switching over to organic. And when looking at the whole farm infrastructure, the whole, the whole agricultural infrastructure, what drives it primarily is demand. There's a lot of disinformation given directly to farmers because the source of their information is primarily the GMO makers, because the GMO makers sell the seeds, they sell the agricultural chemicals, they give money to the land-grant universities and determine the research protocols, and then the land-grant universities dispatch the agricultural extension agents that tell people when to spray and how to spray. The farm press basically cannot speak against GMOs or Roundup because that's the primary uh, need for them to get the advertising. I've been told that by the farm press. They can't speak against it on radio. The farm organizations like the Farm Bureau receive money from the biotech industry, and the USDA is very tied with the biotech industry as well. So I've, I've analyzed the situation, and the farmers in the United States, especially the Midwest farmers, are the single largest targeted group for disinformation. The others are politicians, media, and academics. Um, but So to try and convince the farmers directly is very difficult. But if you convince consumers who then demand non-GMO and then organic, that changes the marketplace in a nice organic way. And that's actually happening with 46% of Americans saying they're seeking non-GMO food. The main food companies are scrambling to eliminate GMOs from more and more brands. So with GMOs being so widespread, what can, what's the most potent thing we as individuals can do to correct the problem? 
I think there's two things. I think there's changing our own diets, uh, and not just to non-GMO, but to organic, and to share that experience with others, to share the information like this interview, for example, with others, because there's a lot of disinformation out there. And the recent Monsanto trials pointed out that Monsanto has a budgetary line item called Let Nothing Go, where every single comment by a scientist, every single post on Facebook, everything on social media that would reveal the damage done by GMOs or Roundup is they attempt to counteract it with disinformation. And so people get confused. So not only changing your own diet, but very important to share the truth with others so that people can act with that truth in mind and make healthy choices. So do you, what about the gener- – we've got just a little time left. What do you think about the generational thing? Can we turn that around? I mean, we've already poisoned the generations to come. You know, I asked Dr. Michael Skinner from Skinner Labs at Washington State University that very question. He found that 90% of the great-grandkids of the mother rats injected with Roundup or glyphosate had significant damage. He was not um, very optimistic, but I have been talking to doctors. In fact, I interviewed many, many doctors and scientists on how to reverse, to detox, repair, and rebuild the body from the ravaging effects of GMOs and Roundup. And there are many protocols out there. Just as we can create the gene expression in one direction, we can create gene expression in another direction. So well, I've that's, been working. That is yeah. the good news. As yeah. always, time has flown and now we're out of it. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Our guest this hour has been Jeffrey Smith, the author of Seeds of Deception and Genetic Roulette, the Documented Health Risks of Genetically Engineered Food. He also has two documentary films, award-winning Genetic Roulette and The Gamble of Our Lives and his latest with Amy Hart, Secret Ingredients. His website, responsibletechnology.org. For our amazing past episode collection, visit our website, www.missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to our evolving world. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? 
Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.